All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Healing Intentions. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Mametti, and today I have a really amazing, awesome guest, Dom Cole. Welcome, Dom. Hey, thank you, Adrian. I'm excited to be on. I'm excited to talk about life and share a bit about my story. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a really amazing story. I um, really loved hearing about it when we first met last year at um, Church of Music. Shout out Church of Music for, for making that introduction happen out on the beach. And you had that awesome 11-11 event last year that you invited me to, so I came. And then I came to your rooftop on the deck yoga and just was blown away, like really blown away. Honestly, I say this, you know, not just lightly. I don't just say this to anybody, but I really mean it when I say you're the best yoga teacher I've ever had. So it's really been a pleasure and an honor, you know, becoming friends with you and learning from from you and your transformational work and journey. And so I wanted to get you on here and share about all that with everybody. And uh, so, so really, really glad to have you. Um, so why don't we start with just telling us about like your life journey, your transformation, how you got into yoga, like what led you to this point here? I know that's kind of broad, but you know, lots to talk about there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for asking about, uh, my life story. I mean, part of what I do now as a yoga teacher is I share my personal story. Mm -hmm. I share the the transformational journey that i've been through knowing that everybody has their own story and so yep. i like to just kind of create that space for people to be able to to share their perspective of life and yep. asking that sort of that curiosity question of you know what is it like to be you mm-hmm. what have you been through mm-hmm. you know what is it like to be able to feel empowered in your body and your mind so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah so i'm a storyteller yeah and i love being able to to share parts of myself with the world mm-hmm. uh and it's been a journey as mm-hmm. i know it has been for everybody but uh my young my young self, teenage, growing up in mid-America, mm-hmm. uh, I had a lot of self-destructive mindsets that I was working with. This, mm. these qualities of self-hate and and these, uh, you know, the limiting beliefs of 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 uh, feeling stuck mm. and feeling a victim to certain uh, mindsets that um, mm-hmm. that was prevalent in in the city that I was in Mm -hmm. and, and then stepping outside of that was, was absolutely a journey. I felt, I felt alone, even though I had close friends, I had, I was in a band Mm. growing up. I was a bassist in a band. I had very close friends. Uh, I, I, I held a lot of my, I held a lot of my, my, uh, those difficult parts. I, I held that story in Mm. and it was, and I, I felt very alone, alone in part part of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I was 21, I moved to Austin, Texas to play music in a band. Mm. Uh, the day that I moved to Austin, Texas, I signed off of the probation that I was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in teenage years, I got arrested a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, substance abuse and and different uh addictions that i was wrapped in Mm -hmm. when i was young so moving to austin texas when i was 21 it was a big deal to step out of a certain way of living right and um i 
moved to South Austin and I immediately got uh, a little more involved in nature, hiking, mm. just being out in the in yep. the woods, just outside of the city. It was beautiful. Yep. And so that was a big that was a big deal for me to step outside of the Midwest and get down to Austin, Texas. Yep. And uh, and I was down there for about five years. Mm -hmm. And about the fourth year, I was living in Austin, Texas. I uh, the band had broken up. Mm. I was doing construction, mm -hmm. professionally setting doors and windows, and I was doing really well with that. Mm -hmm. But I knew there was something more, mm -hmm. and and at the same time, uh, I felt really lost in my life, mm -hmm. and uh, the mindset of the self destruction mindset of breaking myself down. It was still part of my practice, mm. and I was, and it was interesting, be because the now the intentional affirmations that I bring in the 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 words of wisdom that I invite into my mind and body now, mm -hmm. it's kind of the opposite of what I used to do. Mm. I used to break myself down. I, right. used, to, I used to practice self-hate. I mean, it was such a traumatizing experience of practicing self-destruction. Um, so what does that mean? Sorry to interrupt. Like an example, like you look in the mirror and say like, yeah, like I hate myself. It was, it was, I wanted to humble myself in a certain way. And so really this developed when I was in juvenile, mm. when I was 17 in juvenile, I went to juvenile for 109 days. And, and some people work with those experiences well, mm -hmm. like doing their homework and, and reading books. And I really did not work with that experience of being in lockdown. I did yeah. not work with it well. And when I was in there, I developed this practice of looking in the mirror and uh, you know, all sorts of things, telling myself that I'm worthless. Mm. And the experience of, of, of words moving through the body, you know, the hair on the back of my neck would stand up. My mm. body would light up with information as wow. I would, as I would practice self-hate. And so in, even in Austin, Texas, I was still in that mode. Mm -hmm. it, it was a, it was a, the intention was to break myself down so I could become numb to the experience of pain. Mm. And so it was this rigid experience of, uh, of hurting myself. Mm -hmm. And so I just wouldn't feel, and that's exactly what was happening. Well, I, I figured that there was another way to go about the experience of, of being strong. Yeah. Right. While also being humble mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being compassionate towards myself. Right. And I had listened to a philosopher by the name of Alan Watts. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Alan Watts, my, he, he talked about yoga. He talked about meditation. I hadn't really practiced it mm -hmm. much at all. And I was in a really hard place, feeling lost. I was feeling lonely. And I started doing yoga. I decided to do a 30 day straight practice. Mm. 
And it was a pretty big endeavor. And along with the 30 days straight of doing yoga, I was doing 15 minute meditation. I had this little, little tiny meditation book. Nice. I'd read a couple pages and I would do a candle lit meditation, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I began to wrap certain intentions into that practice of meditation. And within the 30 days of moving my body, strengthening, stretching, and the 30 days of doing meditation, I saw such a profound shift mm. in my mental state. Yep. I saw such a profound, I felt such a profound shift in my body, the tension that I was holding. and I felt so open and receptive. Mm-hmm. And within that 30 days, I also started doing partner acrobatics, acro yoga mm. in Austin, Texas, which that community was beautiful. Along with the acro yoga, I was doing Thai massage. Nice. You know, I was practicing conscious connection. Mm-hmm. And so you just put together all those puzzle pieces of meditation, yoga, my personal practice, mm-hmm. and, and also the community practice of acro yoga. Right. I was, I was, my mindset was completely shifting. It mm-hmm. was so freeing. Mm-hmm. And just so happens, six months into doing yoga, I quit my job. I walked out on the job, which is not like <laughs> always the best case scenario, right. but... Uh, out of frustration, I walked out on the job. Mm-hmm. My lease was up on the on the space that I was in. I was single, doing single life. And uh, all of a sudden, I had this thought. Maybe I go on a journey. I, I decided to go on a bicycle tour. Oh. So I decided to go six months into doing yoga. You know, I've had all this shift in my body, in my mind. And I decided to go on a bicycle tour. Uh-huh. Well, the idea it came from my my good buddy Vince. Mm-hmm. He he rode his bicycle from Indianapolis to Portland, Oregon. Wow. A couple years uh, prior, and and so that idea set in, and I just I decided I'm gonna <laughs> go on a bicycle tour. <laughs> Thinking originally I would ride from Austin, Texas to Portland, Oregon. Uh huh. In like a three month stretch, two mm-hmm. two to three month stretch. Mm-hmm. Well. As I was setting off for that that journey, I would tell my friends, I'm going to ride my bicycle across the country. And they all thought I was crazy. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I had never really devoted myself to a big life shift the way that this was unfolding. Uh And everybody thought I was crazy. And there was a there was this moment where it hit me that I'm going to do this no matter what. I am set and I'm ready. Like I was very committed to this bicycle mm-hmm. tour. Mm-hmm. And and I prepped, I got ready, and I took off in August of 2013, riding through West Texas. I was, it was hard. It was really challenging. And uh, I made a lot of pit stops along the way. And, and again, I was, so I had started the yoga journey. I started the acro yoga journey mm-hmm. and I was on this bike bicycle tour. My mindset stuff, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't in a, exactly a good place. Mm. I still had the catastrophe sort of thing. I still had the sort of mindset, the self-destruction. So I'm riding my bicycle eight to 12 hours a day, wow. completely alone in my head. Mm. And I'm processing all this information of 
self-hate and self-destruction and worst case scenario sort of thinking. Right. I had no idea what I was working through during that journey. Hmm. Um, and I, I ended up, it was a four month journey to get to the West Coast. Wow. I made all these pit stops, Albuquerque, Flagstaff, um, the Grand Canyon, Vegas, mm-hmm. rode through Death Valley, Ooh. made my way to Ventura, down to San Diego. Nice. And along the way, I was doing yoga. I would stop in these cities and I would stop. I would do a yoga class. I would meet with the acro community. Nice. And I just found little connection points along the way. Mm-hmm. And I made my way to San Diego. And from San Diego, I rode my bicycle to Joshua Tree, J Tree, California, mm-hmm. where I accidentally... I say accidentally. I synchronist, synchronistically mm-hmm. landed at an ayahuasca church. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, it's like plant medicine church in Joshua Tree. Yep. Uh, it was an Airbnb that my friend had booked. <laughs> and uh, little did I know that it was, a, it was a plant medicine space. Wow. And I ended up living there and staying there for two and a half months. Wow. Uh, not knowing where I would be, not knowing where I would go. I was mm-hmm. pretty lost at that time. Mm-hmm. But I learned about myself. And uh, the woman that ran that space, she, there, she, she listened. She listened to me. She listened to, she listened to that, that, the, that inner dialogue. She listened to my inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. She knew that I was dealing with certain Mm -hmm. levels of self-hate and and so she started asking me these questions of you know i i see what kind of mindset you're working with dom Mm -hmm. is this what you want Mm -hmm. is this is this what feels good to you i mean it's so easy to answer no it doesn't feel good yeah and she started pointing out the possibility of being able to transform these underlying subconscious belief systems Mm -hmm. and I made a very firm decision at that point in my life to begin the journey of transforming my Mm self-talk and you know years later to be able to see I mean 10 years later to see the difference from now to that mindset that I was carrying in 2013, such a big shift, mm-hmm. I mean, such a big shift. And so I met someone at that uh, plant medicine space, mm-hmm. my good buddy, Armand, he brought me to Los Angeles. He got me a job. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, the blessings, I mean, mm-hmm. so thankful. And uh, I would ride my bicycle from Burbank to the West side to Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the weekends and I was a bike tourist. So I would sleep on the beach. I would, it was easy for me. I would, mm-hmm. I would go to the West side. I would do acro yoga. I would do yoga. And, uh, and then soon enough, I just met, I met the, I met a teacher and he was teaching a teacher training mm-hmm. and, uh, I signed up for a yoga, a 200 hour yoga teacher training. Nice. Um, in, in 2013 and um, mm-hmm. I started stud- studying yoga 
uh, I felt very connected to the practice. Mm-hmm. I felt very connected to my personal practice of meditation. And, and uh, that same teacher I ended up studying 600 hours with. Wow. Um, and then years later, I mean, I would just go through the journey of studying. I had, now I've done 1,200 hours of in-person yoga teacher training, which wow. is not super typical for for a yoga instructor, but I'm always called to learning more. Yeah, um, that's amazing. That's more than I've ever heard anybody mention that I know of out there. You know, for me, I mean, I'm pretty relatively new in the yoga space. You know, I'm oh, not that new, intermediate, I guess. I've taken a bunch of different classes, a bunch of different teachers. That's why it's not a easy thing for me to say you're my favorite yoga teacher I've ever had because it's way beyond just do this pose, crescent lunge, whatever. It's the stuff you're saying in the class, the questions you're asking, getting us to think a little bit deeper, getting us to, you know, self-introspectively kind of think about these things and let them simmer a little bit while we're moving through. Because I really think of yoga as more of like a moving meditation than it is of like people like, oh yeah, it's kind of like nice stretching or whatever. It's like, no, no, it's way deeper than that. Yeah. And you've clearly gotten to that point through the yoga practice, you know? So it's uh, something I want to dive a lot deeper in. And do you think that it's been yoga? If you had to kind of like point to one big modality, it's been like yoga is like your your big transformation yoga was absolutely the the foundation yoga mm-hmm. yoga and meditation mm-hmm. the foundation of the transformation yeah i mean just the body awareness the awareness that it takes to be present with the physical body the mm-hmm. muscular system the alignment the awareness of being able to uh tap into all those alignment cues mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it's awareness Awareness. It's awareness. And for me, that awareness of my body and where I am in space, it just, it, it translated over to emotional awareness mm-hmm. really beautifully. Yeah. And it was gradual. Right. I didn't know what was happening when it was happening, really. Mm-hmm. And, and, See that. and then I started tapping into that emotional awareness of curiosity of what what's present in me? Mm-hmm. What, what is it? What am I working with? And, uh, mm-hmm. as I dove deeper into that, I started calling in more teachers. Mm-hmm. I started very intentionally, you know, I would visualize and I would feel into teacher, the study of different sort of qualities of the yoga practice. Mm. And, uh, and eventually I, I, found this teacher on YouTube. Her name is Ashley Turner, mm. Ashley Turner. She was a, a teacher on the West side of, of, of Santa Monica she taught at the Santa Monica power yoga. She developed a program called yoga psychology, mm. uh, which is the blending of Eastern philosophy with Western science. Awesome. Which for me, the intellectual understanding of, 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 yoga and the nervous system, the intellectual science behind yoga and the brain, breath work and the body, like the mind body relationship, that intellectual understanding was was very helpful for me Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, 
the fluffiness sometimes of the energetic right. uh, Eastern philosophy, I, I was very resistant to it mm. at, at, when I first started learning about it. Yeah. But she, Ashley Turner, she really paired together quite well those, those two qualities, Eastern philosophy with Western science. Amazing. And I, I signed up for a yoga class with her. Mm-hmm. I saw that she was teaching a class at Rama Yoga in Venice, California. And uh, I went to that class. And she, she was a very popular teacher on the West Side. Mm-hmm. I went to that class and I was the only student there. Oh, wow. I was the only student in that class, which I was blown away. And <laughs> she looked at me and she's like, all right, let's go like private lesson with me. I'm like, and here I am. I've stu- I've I've listened to this teacher on YouTube. I've I've I was I was a fan. That's I was awesome. a fan of this. And here I am at a private lesson, this beautiful yoga space. And uh, she started. She was very curious about my story. Okay, what do you do? Well, I'm teaching yoga. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm trying to do it full time. Mm-hmm. I have taken 600 hours of teacher training. Here I am explaining to her mm-hmm. parts of my current story. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then she said, hey, well, I'm about to teach my first yoga psychology 300-hour teacher training. Whoa. I'm about to teach. And, and I actually want to talk to you about something. This was that one time of meeting her. Wow. She said... Uh, if you're open to possibly assisting me uh, in this yoga psychology teacher training, let's let's talk. And so we went and we had dinner together and we talked about it. And I signed up for this teacher training. Amazing. Uh, and wow, what a journey. Uh, again, Eastern philosophy with Western science. This 300 hour, I mean, it is. it was a self-study 300 hour teacher training. Mm-hmm. We we did we learned say the the sacred ceremony that is backing the practice of yoga. Mm. We learned about being able to see and feel the presence that it takes to be able to work with the energy of the mind. Mm-hmm. You know, mental energies can be very chaotic, obviously. For sure. And if you get wrapped, if I get wrapped up in my mind, in my mind stuff, right? That it's it's a whirlwind. And yeah. so she she was she so beautifully explained the process of being with self, mm. and she explained the process of being able to be aware of the subconscious without getting wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. Without getting all tied to the experience of pain, right, and to to the, all the emotional expression stuff, mm-hmm. and and also spoke very beautifully about the the ceremony behind a yoga practice, and so I learned so much about what I'm doing now in that teacher in that teacher training. So thankful. Amazing. I'm just so thankful. That's cool. It's, it was a, it was 
very beautiful. And uh, around that time, I began teaching at um, addiction treatment centers. Mm. I began teaching at trauma treatment centers. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very focused on learning and studying trauma-informed practices. Mm -hmm. um, whether that be a physical sort of quality of, of sharing the practice, mm -hmm. being able to empower people uh, in the practice of, of being with themselves, mm -hmm. the experience of curiosity, so asking questions versus using commands, like that mm -hmm. trauma-informed style. Right. It is, it's the curiosity of, oh, you know, what do you feel here versus you should feel? Right, you know? right. Makes sense. Uh, and now, now I call that empowerment informed versus trauma informed. I like that. Uh, you know, trauma informed is important, and I think it has a real deep sort of. There are there are a lot of trauma informed roots to to me and what I share. But typically, what I share now, it's empowerment informed. It's it's speaking to each person's representation of the practice of mm -hmm. stretching, strengthening, breathing, you know, mm -hmm. creating space for people to be in their flow. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, beautiful. Amazing. I'm so thankful. And that was early on in LA, huh? That With was, Ashley. that was about, that was, uh, when did I do that training? That was 2016, 2017. Okay. okay. So yeah, about six years back. Okay. And then, so you did that and then I'm trying to get like a, chronological order to bring what brings you to today yeah so what, what happened then uh i i took that teacher training i started teaching yo i, I was teaching yoga full-time i was actually doing really well with it teaching mm -hmm. at public yoga studios teaching mm -hmm. private lessons teaching acro yoga private nice. lessons nice. uh developing trauma-informed acro yoga practices uh and also teaching at trauma treatment facilities as well as addiction treatment centers. Awesome. Which was very special mm -hmm. to be able to practice the non-judgmental awareness, you know. Yeah. That the 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 presence and the the non-judgmental awareness that it takes to be with people that are going through a hard time. You know, you're holding hope for people that yeah. might might be feeling hopelessness. Right. Right. You know, to be able to hold hope in in a space where, you know, that that feeling of like being stuck, it was really special. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. and I learned a lot about non judgmental awareness in in those spaces, addiction treatment centers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was very special to share yoga in those ways uh, the beginning of the pandemic here I am in Venice California mm -hmm. uh, six months into the pandemic I mean it was just time for me to leave mm -hmm. uh, I called up a friend in San Diego you know all the studios had shut down right I right. was you know I was like I was teaching yoga on online IG live yoga classes things like that mm-hmm all the studios in, in on the west side of LA had shut down. That's right. And I ended up moving to San Diego. I called a friend and, and moved down to San Diego 
and it was really a beautiful experience of of being able to slow down a little bit moving to pacific beach california with Mm -hmm. some good friends Mm -hmm. that i'm i live in a house uh it's it's called the ohm garden Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a healing space i mean it's a it's a community space it's a beautiful where i where i now teach yoga at Mm -hmm. and the experience of moving down again i got to slow down a little bit and uh, i remember feeling i i well, i you know nothing was going to stop me from teaching whether i was teaching online or in person i was determined the passion and purpose that flows through me uh, in regards to the yoga practice oh man it mm-hmm. it just continues to that fire continues to to brighten and so mm-hmm. i was in san diego there was a beautiful community space that I was living at and I had a few community leaders and, and also the homeowners that I lived with, they were like, Dom, teach classes at, teach classes at the house. Mm-hmm. You know, this, it's an outdoor space that you can have fresh air yoga classes. And so I started teaching about a year into the pandemic. I started teaching outdoor yoga classes and, uh, and it, there's something special about teaching yoga in a in your own personal space. Yeah, there's a certain level of freedom. Here I am. I've studied. I've studied the ceremony of yoga. I've studied nervous system science. I've studied the empowerment behind the practice. And I was ready to start speaking to that more. And. Being in my own space, I, I could feel the community and I could feel the opportunity of sharing these deeper levels mm-hmm. of the practice, these energetic, emotional, spiritual levels of the practice. I felt the space open up for me to be able to share these qualities. Yeah. And I started diving in. I started diving in to the practice of sharing my story. I started diving into the practice of talking about common human mind traps, mm. you know, the, the traps of the human experience that, that, uh, that are common, that yeah. are actually very, very common, but not spoken to. Right. And so I started talking about the experience of, of, of perceiving myself in certain ways. And then I would ask people, what is it like for you? What is it like for you to wake up one day, look at yourself in the mirror, you see the certain color of your skin, you see the certain lines in your face a certain way, and then you wake up the next day, and then all of a sudden, you got the same light, you got the same image, but you're perceiving yourself mm-hmm. in a different way. Right. Like that quality of awareness and the way that it's dynamic. Mm-hmm. I started speaking to these certain things that people that the people in my classes were like, wow, I know what you're talking about, but I've actually never really thought about it in this way before. Right. And I'm like, well, let's talk about it more <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because the awareness that can be brought in around the challenges of being stuck in the mind, mm-hmm. 
the challenges of being stuck in certain emotional qualities, the awareness brought into that, I think that the healing qualities of presence, it naturally, it allows energy to move through the system. Right. And so, you know, the subconscious, the body is a stored center for emotional content mm -hmm. and, and energy gets stuck. And, and my, I'm trying to figure out how, how do I open up space for that energy to flow through? Mm -hmm. uh, because you boil down any experience of pain, any experience of, 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 uh, you know, even the goodness of life, you boil down any experience in life. And at the end of the, the, the boiling process, there's the wisdom. Mm -hmm. of the experience right. and you get to take with you i get to take with me these beautiful uh, this information that i use for the rest of my life mm -hmm. now uh to be able to turn on the fire and to to really sift through and boil down the experiences of trauma the experiences of of pain mm-hmm the experience that the the confusion that at times life can just you know serve me mm -hmm. to be able to boil that down the physical practice of yoga is fundamental and also the the practice of of curiosity uh that curiosity of asking the question yeah who am i mm -hmm. what am i working with what is it like to be me? Mm -hmm. How does my story, my past, how does it play out in my life today? Right. And so, and so I, I that's what I love to do in classes. I love to bring up that curiosity. Yep. And, uh, and I, I, I try and create space for people to dive in or to not dive in. Mm -hmm. There's a time and place to do self-study work. Right. If it's, if you can't handle it, I'm talking about resiliency. If, if it's not the time and place, yeah. if you can't, if I can't be resilient in the practice of asking myself powerful questions, then let it go. Stick to the body awareness stuff. Yeah. Stick to the breath. Mm -hmm. And then beyond the body and the breath, if, if there's an, a, a capacity to, to, be present with emotions and feelings and mental energy, then mm. bring it on. Mm -hmm. And so I like to be able to, I, I like to ask questions in, in classes. I like to share my own story because I know everybody has their own story. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah, spot on, man. It's so, uh, I think, well received by people. I, I'm, I know I'm not alone in, in the way I feel about your classes and, you know, like I just remember something, some phrases that stand out that you've said a lot, like, what are you working through right now? You know, what's coming, like, what are you flowing through right now? Like, and it, and it just gets you to think like, what, what am I working through right now? And as you're doing these physical poses that are releasing energy in all these different ways that they figured out, you know, thousands of years ago, you do this pose, it's activating this channel and this, it's mind blowing. It's that part on its own, but then the what's able to flow mentally as you're moving through that. I mean, it's just mind blowing to me. I'm so new at the practice, but it's just amazing to notice like what can get activated and stirred up 
by just those simple questions and the curiosity, you know? And I remember one time you talked about, uh, it was fresh. I was fresh early on off of the Joe Dispenza meditation retreat. And I was like, you know about Joe Dispenza? You're like, oh yeah, I know about Joe. <laughs> and, and, and I remember you said something like, nobody can give you the card to feel confident about yourself. Nobody can mm. give you the card to love yourself. Like that has to come from within you, you know? Yeah. And it's so spot on. It's like people can tell you all day long, like you're amazing and you just go confident you love yourself. I love you. But it's like, if it's not coming from within yourself first, then the whole world can say it from the outside. But that's that, that inner work, you know, that really comes down to. So in a, in a yoga class, uh, I had never experienced that kind of level of, <laughs> deepness and awareness and thought until i until i you know encountered your classes so just want to get say again thank you for the work you've done on yourself and your journey and then that shows out to the whole rest of the you know anybody that's lucky enough to take a class with you so oh, thank you man you got it <laughs> i mean again i mean this is like you know uh, uh this is the purpose work for mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. uh, you know it started off i was very passionate passion is for self purpose is for other i was very passionate about my personal practice i was i got i got very curious about my own sort of story i got very curious about the energy that i was working with mm -hmm. the, the you know the tension that i was carrying yep and uh and then the purpose work is well wait a second here i can I can share my own personal story and it's very important for me to share my story in a way that also creates creates space for people to to be able to share their own story right that my my way of of transformation is not the one size fits all obviously of course, you know yeah I mean? yeah but being able to verbalize that it's very important mm -hmm. to me i mean this is the trauma informed or the empowerment informed the language that it takes yep. to be able to speak to everyone's personal story mm -hmm. uh, that that to me is really really important totally yeah and and it you know like they say you can only go as far with somebody as far as you know as deep with somebody as as much as you've gone within yourself you know and that i think is really apparent in your uh in your classes and and that's all i've experienced so far is you know the yoga classes i know there's a lot of other things that you work with and work on with people like one-on-one -on -one type of work that <clears throat> we have yet to dive deep into that and i know we we're talking about it so Talk about that a little bit, you know, like the, the one-on-one -on -one type of work you've done, what you're working on, um, even just for yourself. I know you've mentioned a lot of time vision quests. Mm. I want to know more about that and what that means to you, because that word I think can mean a lot of things. That phrase can mean a lot to different people, but talk about the whole, all the one-on-one -on -one stuff for yourself and then with others. Yeah. Well, when I, when I was, when I was really starting the practice of yoga and, uh, diving in, I, I noticed I had a desire to push away, push away the darkness stuff, mm -hmm. you know, push away the, I really pushed away the, the 
the limiting belief systems. I really, I kind of shoved them in in a box in a certain mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And I'm just working with the light stuff. Mm-hmm. And here, you know, my partners, you know, the, the you know, the, the I, you know, I had about, in, in this journey, I had three different partners. It's, you know, such beautiful relationship dynamics along with challenges along the way. Mm-hmm. And being in the light work, I don't, I didn't, I couldn't handle any sort of trash talking. Mm. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. The, the sort of the experience of frustration, the experience of anger, the experience of, you know, oh, I can't handle, I, I, I can't hear that. Yeah. I can't handle. So I would push away the sort of the darkness stuff. Mm. And, and in the last couple of years, you brought up the vision quest work, mm-hmm. which, uh, there's been many avenues of self-study and, uh, in October of 2022, October of 2022, I did a, I did a vision quest. Uh, one of my teachers, he, he guided a, a vision quest. You sit in nature for four days on a water fast, completely alone. Mm. And there's a, there's a, a day prep where, you know, you talk about the experience, you, you know, that he, he did a really good job of, of, uh, bringing to light some of the different experiences that I might go through mm-hmm. in that space. And, uh, and I sat in nature for four days and I did the thing completely alone. It's a silent space. And you like sit in like a very small space. Small little move. 10 foot, yeah. 10 foot diameter space. And uh, it's you, it's presence work, you know, presence of nature. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there and all the different, all the different spaces that I went through mentally, physically, the, the pain that, you know, it's darkness work. Mm-hmm. Here I am at night by myself in the, no tent. Oh, got a little sleeping, got a sleeping bag and just, and, uh, all the darkness stuff of being alone and being able to work, work through, um, to breathe through it. I mean, really. Yeah. And so I started doing the darkness work. I started studying it. And, and that following year, I went and did a uh, Vision Quest protector training course. It was a nine-day course. Wow. And I would say, for me, it was, it was the deepest spiritual training that I've, ever, that I've had yet so far. Uh, some beautiful explanations of subtle energy mm. and and what was most important was the the conversation around light and darkness mm. the darkness work hmm. and in that space we were not only doing darkness work inner journey work you know emotional content sort of darkness work but we were doing physical darkness work as well wow. so being in nature alone at night and working with the men- the fear stuff mm. And sitting with, for me personally, it was very intense fear 
of being alone in nature at night. Yeah. And all of the darkness stuff that came up, very synchronicity. I would be, I was having these nightmares that would wake me up in the middle of the night and I would feel so alarmed and so scared. And uh, my immediately thought is don't move. Don't get out of the tent. Don't. Well, it was the final night on this nine day journey that I woke up the same time, two nights in a row, same time, 5 a.m. It was still dark, completely dark. Yeah. Same time, woke up with this nightmare and it was very alarming. I'm shocked. I mean, shocked awake. Wow. And I decided to get out of my tent and with, you know, I had no flashlight, no, I walked through the darkness and I really worked through the, some physical darkness stuff. And along with that journey, it's this, this understanding of light and darkness that we all have these parts of ourselves, this, the shadow side, mm-hmm. we all have these sort of qualities within ourselves that, um, are present, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And so part of that for me is how do I embrace myself? Right. The good and the bad, the light and the dark. Yeah. Yep. How do I embrace myself with love and compassion while still asking for a willingness to follow my heart, a willingness to follow my intuition? Mm. You know, I've struggled with the addictions of life, the vices of life. When I was young, I mean, substance abuse, man, working with that very, very, it was very challenging for me. The numbing, the -hmm. running away Mm -hmm. of emotions, the, uh, the confusion that I was working through when I was young, it still comes up for me today. Mm-hmm. And I'm not done, you know, you know, the journey's the journey's still going, right? This is a lifelong journey. Yep. And so, uh, working with the willingness, uh, to the willingness to stay aligned with what, uh, what feels right here mm-hmm. in, in my heart to be able to see, to see myself and to see the world around me from here versus here. Uh, mm-hmm. is it's tricky and, and, uh, so being aware of the light and the dark is really important for me now. Um, yeah. Wow. I can definitely see that. Um, and I'm sure it's kind of hard to similar with, you know, psychedelic experiences. It can be really hard to put into words. I'm sure this is kind of a similar experience where you said it's your, some of your biggest, greatest spiritual teachings. It's like, what are the words for that? It's really, I really am impressed to, with people that can articulate these really deep, profound experiences and things that they have in like really succinct words. Cause it's not easy, you know? And, uh, so I can imagine there's, one of those things of like, you just need to experience it, go on your own vision quest. And then <laughs> we can talk after and see, you know, what words come up and we can align on because, uh, yeah, it sounds like a deep, deep, uh, journey. 
within yourself. Yeah. I think a, a part of, of, uh, of everything that I do, the vision quest, the yoga practice, even fasting, which mm -hmm. I know you know a lot about, mm -hmm. you're, what I'm doing is I'm asking for a certain sensitivity. Yeah. A sensitivity that helps me listen to the present experience of energy moving through me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's opening my ears and opening my heart to be able to listen. Uh, and that sensitivity, that sen that listening, mm -hmm. that listening, it translates over beautifully to intuitively living. Mm -hmm. To be able to feel into alignment, which is not e not always easy for me. Certain alignments, like teaching physical in person yoga classes, certain alignments like that are are easy for me. Mm -hmm. But then there are certain alignments in my life that I find really challenging. Seeing the big picture around qualities of business and and uh, financial security, seeing the big picture and, and asking myself for the willingness of really stepping into that, mm -hmm. I mean, it's challenging. And so mm -hmm. watching myself through the flow of life and, uh, you know, being a witness to the experience of thoughts and feelings and, um, and willingness and also unwillingness in mm -hmm. all these things and being able to navigate that with an open heart. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm asking for in myself today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, and so maybe going along with that willingness, unwillingness, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, the, the one-on-one -on -one work you're doing, the personal other stuff besides like group teaching of classes what other kind of stuff are you working on or getting into mm. or do you work with people on? I just want to, you know, people get a full idea of all the stuff that Dom does yoga is mm. into and working on and oh, offering. And well, with all the work, I like to amplify, I, I like to amplify the goodness that's already here. Yeah. Love that. Sure. I love the, the bigger picture visualization of what you're bringing. What, what do you, what choices, are what choices am I already making that invites the healing qualities? Mm. I love the thought of being able to amplify healing intentions. Mm. I love the thought of being able to amplify healing intentions with the conscious recognition of the choices that I'm already making. Mm. You know, to keep the ball rolling in life, there's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Even just to take a shower and brush my teeth and clean my room and da 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 all those right. little pieces right to be able to look at what am i already doing to keep life moving mm -hmm. and i like to be able to amplify that because that that energy uh of choice the energy of of willingness i think once it's amplified it creates this upward spiral mm -hmm. you put energy in and then you get more energy in return. Yeah. And that more energy, you get to you get to continue to make moves, mm -hmm. and you get to continue to to jump on that train of of evolution and transformation. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the that. one constant that I got in this life is that things are going to change. Right. That my perception of myself, my perception of, of, of people in my, my perception of money, my perception of my physical practice, my perception of my meditation practice, mm-hmm. the feeling of my breath, like all of these things. The one thing that I can expect is that it's going to change. Yep. And so when I'm working with people one-on-one, that's something that I find really important. That, that, that is the backing practice of the, the trauma-informed work. Mm-hmm. It is the curiosity of what is going on right now. Mm-hmm. What's present with the breath? Is there anything special about this moment? Something that you, maybe you've never felt before. Hmm. Or maybe that you've never been aware of before, this quality of breath. Maybe you feel it in your fingers and your toes. Maybe you feel the breath in the in a new area of your body. Hmm. Maybe you feel a vibration, and maybe you. So it's that sort of curiosity of, of, yeah. of what what is special about this moment. Um. Mm-hmm. When I'm working with with people one on one, I mean, I consider it it's a ceremony space. Mm-hmm. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. Mm-hmm. The beginning is is you know you're asking for a willingness. Mm-hmm. What am I willing to do? What am I working with right now? Right. What kind of capacity do I have? What intentions do I have? Mm-hmm, right. It's the choice of beginning the journey. Yep. And then once you have that, that yes, I'm willing, that little box check mark, yes, I'm willing to do the work. Yeah. All right, let's go in. Mm-hmm. Now, once you go in, uh, one of my teachers, Reverend Michael Beckwith mm-hmm. from Agape, mm-hmm. love it. The fine print of transformation is that it might be a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I say might, but sometimes it, you know that feeling of discomfort can be really built into the experience of transformation. Not always. Sometimes it feels really good in the, you know, many different avenues for transformation. Mm-hmm. But the fine print at times it could be, this is going to be a little bit uncomfortable. So I like being able to speak to that yeah, and just creating the foreground of like, okay, based upon your intentions and based upon your willingness, you know, things might get a little uncomfortable. Here are resources. So Mm. developing resources Mm -hmm. for people, whether that be resources, physical, like awareness of your body rooting down to the ground. Yeah. Uh, or energetic, more subtle energy, like the resource of being able to feel the anchor of your breath. Mm. But also resources, emotional qualities of resources, being able to think about an experience that you've had that invites pleasant or neutral emotions to be brought up mm. in the moment. Mm-hmm. These little, these resources. Right. Um, now, one thing that's important for me is, you know, I'm not a trauma psychotherapist. Right, right. You know, I would consider myself to be a coach. Mm-hmm. And so it is, what are you working with now? Mm-hmm. And what do you want to do with it? 
Mm-hmm. It's I'm not asking questions about tell me all about your past. Right. I want to know all the trauma you've been. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. What do you got going on right now? Are you working? You feel the anxiety or you feeling, is there depression? Is there certain qualities, emotional qualities that you're, that are present in you right now? Mm-hmm. And what do you want to do with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then navigating that uh, through a physical practice, through the practice of resourcing and different, different um ways to release energy from the mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. Uh, is something that I really specialize in. Um, the group experience is very different than the personal one-on-one work. Right. The right. one-on-one work uh, is just, it's different. There's something real special about all the different sides to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, body work. Uh, specializing, I've you know done a lot of work with Thai massage and uh, and also massage work personally. I've you know studied my own body in regards to letting go of tension mm-hmm. through self massage and mm. uh, and then the physical practice. I mean, really, I, I just try and be in the flow. Mm-hmm. I try and be in the flow, the intuitive flow of listening. And uh, and asking questions, it's the curiosity stuff. Yeah, asking questions that uh, spark the interest of awareness, awareness mm-hmm. to be. How do I listen? And so that one-on-one work, it's it's just so special. I mean, every time, there's just something so special about it. Yeah, yeah, man. It sounds like it, and. Uh ready to dive into that with you. So we're going to get going on that together. Excited for that journey because I've been only a part of the group dynamic so far and it's been amazing. And a big part of that is also the community that's built around that. You know, I I like to say that um, community is such medicine and relationships, your relationships you have, your community is really one of the biggest aspects of our health. Mm. You know, you could eat all the right diets and supplements and workouts and all that stuff. But if you're lonely, if you have not a good community, it's a big factor in your physical health and mental health. Yeah. You know, so the people that I've met at your rooftop yoga are just, it's been amazing. And so every time I go to your class, I say hi to like five friends minimum, you know, (laughs) so it's really, it's really beautiful. um, What's been created there and the space and how people hang out after for like 30 minutes or an hour and it's just like a just a wonderful you know way to start the day yeah well speaking to the community piece you know i, mm. I would consider now you know i'm a community builder right which i for sure i'm so thankful that that uh i have this again it's this purpose this is this passion and this purpose moving through me mm-hmm. to to call in the group experience. And uh, and I have a lot of people that take my classes. They say, Dom, you know, you hold such beautiful space for these these classes. And and I, it's nice to be able to look at people and say, hey, you, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm not holding space for all these people. No, no, no. The community experience, we do this thing together. Right. We get to breathe together. Mm-hmm. We get to... We get to be a witness to everybody in their flow. 
and so that's really special to me because when there is a collaboration of people coming together for the reason of uh, healing intentions. Right, right. That energy, when that, when that vibrate, when there's a match in vibration, there's, there is an amplification of energy. Oh yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's really the physical vibration of two notes. And, and I got this from Bruce Lipton. I mean, mm. he really brought to light this sort of energy or the understanding of vibration amplification resonance mm-hmm. when two vibrations that are at the same frequency when they connect that frequency amplifies right uh and now on the flip side when two vibrations that are that are uh off it's mm-hmm. called you know dissonance dissonant, yeah. when two vibrations are dissonant and they they actually it's like hitting a brick wall they they deaden each other out mm-hmm. and so the community style of you know self-study through yoga is that we get to come together and we get to amplify we get to amplify that the the quality of choosing to be present Mm -hmm. we get to amplify the quality of choosing to listen to all we all those healing qualities get to be amplified in the community experience Totally. It's not the end all be all. Right. You know, because there's all the different sides, the self-study, the personal representation of being with self, Mm -hmm. separate from other. But then there's also the experience of being with other people and allowing the reflection of being seen to bring up that quality of, of, you know, fear of wanting to hide all those, I, you know, for me and, and all everything that I'm, I've worked with the perfectionism, the being seen by other people, being seen by other people in my physical practices, in my breath work, it brings up a lot for me. Mm. And so the community experience of, of, of transformation it's been really important for me and, and mm-hmm. that's why I like to really bring it in, bring it into the space. And luckily I'm living at the Ohm Garden in Pacific Beach where that has been developed as a community space for 10 years. Oh, wow. You know, amazing. Gina and Steve, they, you know, they're, they're the acro yogis at the Ohm Garden. Oh, you yeah. know, they've been doing community gatherings there for a while. So, oh, okay. I got to come in and they were like, Hey Dom, teach some yoga classes here. That would be beautiful. It'd be a beautiful, uh, yeah. uh, collaboration with the Ohm garden. And so I'm so thankful that yeah. the space, and as I do that, I mean, I just notice that those different levels of self empowerment that I've really feel called to bring in, I'm I still feel this fear of, of stepping into that unknown. Mm. Like when I was really stepping into to, to the self-study of yoga right. and sharing it, it was very scary. The, intu- the intuition that I was asking for to be present with the group experience that allowed me to really flow and share and tell stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, there's a lot, there was a lot of walls 
and I'm still, you know, I still come up 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 against these barriers. Mm-hmm. And but I what I what I love and what I'm so thankful for is the community space. It continued to open up to the experience of me being creative in sharing my right, story, right. creative in sharing the practices of breath work, yoga, the experience of of shaking and moving and just you know you know we just get wild it's it's mm-hmm. it's a um for, for me it's just so fun it's very it's very meditative based yeah and it's and we laugh together and mm-hmm. we, you know maybe even cry together we get mm-hmm. to just be in our flow together that community mm-hmm. time is really special to me yeah no it's been really amazing and uh very grateful for it and uh it's so much more to come i think there's so much around that community building aspect of just what i've experienced so far here in san diego it's like i lived in san diego for three years so far my first two years i didn't have much community i was just kind of on my own night and day difference and experience for me from then to now and it's like it's amazing it's really amazing the relationships, the people I've met, the experiences I've had. I'm just like really grateful for it all. And, um, and I think, yeah, I think it's like a, a duty. And like, once you discover something so great, it's like, it's a duty almost to like share it with other people of like, Hey, you can be a part of this too. Like, come on, come on in, you know, you want to, are you willing come on down? You know, it's up to if wherever you're ready for, you know, it's here for you. So something I'm curious about, uh, in your journey with everything you just said, you know, it's something I talk about on this show a lot. It's one of the main topics, uh, psychedelics, plant medicines, where have those played along in your journey, whatever you're willing to share, uh, in that realm. Um, you know, just super curious. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I love that you asked that question because for me in the process of teaching yoga and stuff, I leave a lot of that story mm-hmm. of the plant medicine work. I leave a lot of that out because, um, because I just, um, you know, I don't feel like it's part of my purpose right now to share that work. Okay. But it has absolutely played a role. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was young, we it was a toxic journey of substance abuse. Right. And we, I was a trash can of substances. I would do <laughs> anything. I was and it's I'm, I'm smiling about it, but you know, at the end of the day, it's really not funny. Right. No. You know, I was huffing ether, <laughs> you know, brake fluid. I oh, was wow. I was doing everything and anything. I was it was really it was a very toxic scene cough medicine and all the pharmaceuticals and all the heart got into hard drugs and mm-hmm. it was really it was really uh tricky but you know during that time i was also exploring these parts of my mind i had no idea what was happening when it was happening mm-hmm. uh and uh and then i landed at at the end of that bicycle tour, right at the ayahuasca. Church. I landed at the plant medicine, the ayahuasca church, <laughs> in Joshua Tree, and I started. I remember, I remember feeling the resistance and just like 
looking at this plant medicine work as uh, almost like a joke in, mm. in a certain way at, mm -hmm. at first. Mm. But then as I saw people enter into that space, I saw the intention that people would come with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. this is this is nothing to joke around about. Yeah. People are not coming here to get high. Right. Right. The big difference in intention. People are coming here to heal. Yeah. And as I started learning more and more about that intention of being with plant medicine stuff, mm -hmm. I started diving in myself in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And uh and I would say I I for a long time, when I first moved to LA, I took it really slow, and mm -hmm. and every now and then I would drop into the plant medicine space with with psilocybin mushrooms and things like that. But I was still drinking and still, you know, I was still exploring substances in other ways. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of depth uh, of the universal side of life, mm -hmm. the curiosity, the self-study work yeah. that can be done. Yeah. And, and, and it, there's, again, there's something in me that doesn't exactly like to talk about it too much because the intention that's really needed to really, to, to back that practice mm -hmm. of, of plant medicine work, it's really important. I yeah. Mean, for the integration of, of information. Yeah. Uh, for me to be able to, to, for me to see and to feel the alignments of my soul and my heart and to pair that with the reality of my physical experience of being a human, that is not always easy. Right. You know? Right. To yep. make the choices in my life that represent the alignments, the intuitive alignments that I feel, uh, especially in the plant medicine space, mm -hmm. the to 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 stand up to the all the all the to stand up and take action upon all the people that I want to talk to the people that I want to thank mm. the people that I want to apologize to the people that I want to be present with to be able to take action on that. I mean, it takes a lot of go power. And so, mm -hmm. yes, but, but those spaces, the plant medicine, it's been a big part of my journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, to say the least, uh, the foundations of the transformation, it really happened from the yoga practice. Mm hmm. And I think the healing intentions that I developed through meditation, through yoga, through physical, through breathing deep, you know, mm -hmm. all the physical practices, that for me was a beautiful foundation of being able to be intentional with plant medicine. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, well said. I, I think you'll love reading that zigzag Zen book yeah. because it's... It's pretty much said what, what you just said yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell. It's like all of these psychedelics can be wonderful. 
Um, but a lot of these like Buddhist masters and spiritual teachers and whatever, they kind of like started with those. And then they kind of, as Alan Watts says, you get, once you get the message, you can hang up the phone and they got the message. So then they hung up the phone and they worked on deepening through their yoga and meditation and other practices without the psychedelics, you know? And then once in a while they'd kind of check in and take them and kind of use it as like a, almost like a confirmation. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, here's where I'm at. Let me continue doing the work, you know, like that analogy of one of my favorite analogies. I don't remember where it comes from, but I've shared it many times, but like yoga, meditation, all of these things is like walking up the mountain mm. and psychedelics are like a helicopter ride to the top. You see what's possible, but you always come back down Yeah, off of them. You know, mm -hmm. when you're not on the substance, it's like, okay, here's back to reality, but it just shows you what's possible. And then it's like, okay, now do the integration, do yeah. that daily yeah. work. Mm -hmm. How are you integrating this into your daily life now? Uh, and that's the, really the key of it all. So I've makes sense what you, what you say there, how you yeah. share and, you know, it's, it's a powerful tool and not one for everybody, but you know, many paths, one truth and yeah. There's a pet. It's, it's helped a lot of people on their path. Um, very interesting tool that's exploding in popularity and and sexiness these days. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all folds into you know everyday life and spiritual use and medical use and you know pharmaceutical use and all of that. So I think it'll all be a good thing. But you know. A powerful tool that needs to be respected for sure absolutely uh something with all of this that i'd like to like narrow narrow our conversation now mm -hmm. down with is that that uh, there's just so much that i have ran from there's so many parts of myself that i have ran from for mm -hmm. most of my life mm -hmm. so many parts of myself and the pain of being aware of me and the the anxiety, the all the different things that I've been through in life, the challenging experiences, mm -hmm. that the reason why I do what I do is because there is a space in people's hearts where there is nothing to run from. There's nothing to hide from. Mm -hmm. People can be there as a witness to self as a witness to these qualities mm -hmm. doesn't mean you know that it has to play out in physical form right it's not it's not being a victim to it's being a witness to mm. the thoughts the thoughts of judgment the thoughts the, all the challenges that come up with the mental stuff and the emotional stuff being a witness to and uh i love the thought of people having a space where there's nothing to run from and there's nothing to hide from. Mm -hmm. There's this place, I like to call it compassion. Mm -hmm. This place of self-empathy. This place where you kind of, you put yourself in a certain uh, position where you can, you your consciousness can pet your inner child and say, hey, hey look, you know, I know you're going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. I know you've been through this experience of pain and this is, and I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. I'm here with you. I'm going to love you no matter what, you know, 
do your expression, you know, think your thoughts, mm-hmm. feel your be, do the emotion stuff, and I'm still gonna love you. I'm mm. still gonna. And so there's that there's that kind of that home plate or the you know that mm. safety zone where that home plate where the where the welcome mat is out, saying like, "Come on home. Mm-hmm. I'm here. This mm-hmm. is the consciousness." being able to hold space for the human experience. Yep. And so that's that's a big part of why I do what I do and uh love that. Yeah. Love that. That makes sense. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to help to provide for people. Um so I think I feel like we're at a pretty good spot. I don't have anything else on the top of my mind. Is there something else that you feel like you want to share with everybody that we didn't cover or that's on your heart or your mind right now that you want to make sure to get out there for, for this session. Oh, like you know, I've combo. said a lot. I, again, so the, the one thing that I, that I love, uh, I love creating space for is everybody has their own story. Yep. And, uh, and the, your, the ways that you've worked through the experiences of of life you know there are other people in this life that that might relate to Mm -hmm. your story yeah and so being able to understand the the container that's necessary to be able to share and like that quality of being able to listen for and feel into the space that opens up for me to share my story and oh you know i love the thought of people being able to use uh the information of life to to make powerful choices that Mm -hmm. are aligned with with the heart that are aligned with the deeper sense of self Mm -hmm. uh yeah that's all let's go amazing amazing man i really um Really grateful for our friendship. Really glad that you're in my life. Thankful for who you are and what you've provided to the community already just by being who you're being and, you know, the awesome journey you've been on. So I thank you again and uh, really appreciate it. Had some some amazing times together already. It's something oh, yeah. I didn't mention. You brought me to the uh, DDR festival in, uh, out in December, out in the desert last year. And pff, man since then i've met so many people so many cool awesome friends and people that i really am grateful for in my life so i appreciate you for introducing me to that absolutely and you're spot on about you're gonna love this community man you gotta come you gotta come and i was like i don't know about this but i'll i'll trust you (laughs) and i did and i'm glad i did and it's been amazing since then and um yeah man really looking forward to all the really awesome things that are coming up the up the road here i know for us both so um, yeah thank you again and uh so much love and uh till next time till next time healing intentions thank you adrian yeah bro appreciate you yeah